Hello, and welcome to A Health Podacy. I'm your host, Alan Weil. In addition to its profound effects on people's health, the COVID-19 pandemic created major economic shocks. There was a rapid spike in unemployment, followed by a steady but gradual recovery. Since most adult Americans receive health insurance through their or a family member's job, these economic disruptions also led to loss of health insurance coverage. Now, various federal policies were put into place to reduce the economic disruption and to temper the loss of insurance coverage. Enough time has now passed to take a look at health insurance coverage trends through the early phases of the pandemic, and that's what we'll do in today's episode of A Health Policy. I'm here with Kate Bundorf, J. Alexander McMahon Distinguished Professor of Health Policy and Management in the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University. Dr. Bundorf and co-authors published a paper in the January 2023 issue of Health Affairs examining employment and health insurance coverage trends during the COVID-19 pandemic. They found that between 2021 and 2022, the overall rate of health insurance coverage increased. Yet even as employment recovered, rates of employer-sponsored insurance stayed fairly steady. We'll discuss this finding and more in today's episode. Dr. Bundorf, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. This is a really important topic. We've been studying the dynamics of insurance coverage and employer-sponsored insurance for decades. So before we dive into this short period where things were changing in so many different directions, probably be good for us to go back a little bit in time. If you could just give us the general picture of the role employer-sponsored coverage plays in the overall health insurance system and how it tends to historically change with changes in the economy, particularly changes in unemployment. Great. Thank you for that question. I think that's really important context. Employer-sponsored coverage is the predominant source of health insurance for the working age population. We spend a lot of time in policy talking about the Medicaid expansions and marketplaces, um, but really employer-sponsored coverage plays an important role. In 2019, 61% of people 19 to 64 had health insurance through an employer. So employer-sponsored coverage is important. However, employer-sponsored coverage historically has been quite sensitive to economic downturns. So this is not really surprising, right? If you get your health insurance through an employer, um, an economic downturn usually means that people lose their job. So if you have your coverage from an employer and you lose your job, you often lose your coverage. Um, We have probably the most evidence um, from the Great Recession from 2007 to 2009. During the Great Recession, unemployment rose from 5% to 9.5% over a two-year period, and we saw employer-sponsored coverage fall from about 63% of that working-age population to about 58% of the working-age population. Uninsurance didn't increase by quite as much, right, because some of the people who lose employer-sponsored coverage can get coverage from other sources. Um, but we've, we fa- we estimated or, you know, people have estimated um, that about 9.3 uh, million people lost uh, their health insurance during the Great Recession. So as you say, it's not surprising that you see this relationship, but um, it's 
Well, as you say, it's not surprising that we see this relationship. So given that, we come into the COVID-19 pandemic. There are huge economic dislocations. If the government hadn't stepped in, and we'll talk about that in a moment, based on the history you just described, what do you think we would have seen with respect to health insurance coverage? Yeah, so that that was a huge and important question when um, the downturn, the employment, you know, downturn began very suddenly and very drastically at the beginning of the pandemic. And you know, honestly, we 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 didn't really know, right? And 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 what do I mean by that, right? So of course, as we just uh, as we just discussed, declines in employment immediately raised the concern that uninsurance will rise because people uh, lose their employer sponsored coverage. Um, but it really depends, and this recession was was really quite different, right? So um, first, the job loss was was dramatic and immediate, right? So in Mar- you know between March and April, uh, over you know even you know a, a few a few weeks, the unemployment rate increased from roughly four percent to fourteen percent. So if you were paying attention uh, during my uh, uh, earlier remarks, you found, you may have uh, remembered that unemployment during the Great Recession rose from five percent to nine point five percent, a smaller increase over a longer time period, right? So this was incredible. This was an incredibly dramatic change. Also, pretty, uh, it was pretty yeah, reasonably clear early in, um, in the recession that the types of workers who were losing their jobs during this recession were a little bit different than those in, um, in during the Great Recession. So in the Great Recession, workers at all income levels experienced job loss. In the COVID recession, job separation and job loss was more concentrated among low-income workers, as well as those in service industries and, you know, to a certain degree, women and, you know, more so than men. Some of these workers actually didn't have health insurance prior to the um, prior to the recession, right? So if you didn't have health insurance from an employer, when you lost your job, you wouldn't necessarily um, lose coverage. Okay, so those are, are two important reasons. Also, you know, there, there is some speculation that some employees were furloughed rather than permanently let go. And in that process, they may have been able to keep their employer-sponsored coverage. And then the other issue is that, um, pr- you know, we're often, we're, we're very focused on the policy changes during the pandemic, but I think it's also really important to remember that we had major policy changes with respect to um, our health insurance system between the Great Recession, you know, which ended in 2009, and the COVID recession. And namely, you know, those were the Medicaid expansions in many states, um, the establishment of marketplaces with subsidized coverage, extended coverage through parents, you know, for those up uh, up to 65 years of age. So the, you know, the the dynamics and the possibilities for people to get other sources of coverage were, were greater during this recession. And I would actually say that this was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, at that point, I was sitting there thinking, oh, this is a test of all these new, you know, these new uh, options that we have in place through the Affordable Care Act. And, and one other thing I just want to add there, it, you know, it, it was a really good time to have health insurance during a global pandemic, right? So as we saw, you know, what was happening in New York, um, you know, as an economist, I would say, well, you know, that increases demand for insurance. People are really worried about getting sick and, you know, might, uh, you know, kind of hustle a little more, really work hard, you know, to either keep the insurance they have or find alternatives um, if they can. So what you're saying to me is that 
we certainly, given the size of the disruption to the economy, should have anticipated a significant increase in the number of people without health insurance. But the magnitude of that is actually quite uncertain because we were in, if you will, uncharted territory, a different policy context, a very different kind of recession. And as you noted, many of the people losing their jobs were people who were in sectors of the economy that have historically not offered coverage as as much. So we didn't really know. And now we know more. So let's turn to what you found in your study that we published. Uh, Give us sort of, if you will, the top line findings. What changes in coverage did we see during the pandemic? And then we'll start looking at the, how that varied across different uh, groups. One thing uh, one thing I would like to stress is the paper uh, that we're talking about really focuses on health insurance coverage uh, between for the, for the year of 2021 and into 2022. So most people think of this as like the second year of the pandemic, right? So we have a separate paper on the early pandemic experience, and this one is focusing on that second year. Um, So this was a period of uh, of labor market recovery, right? Um, Unemployment is continuing to decline during this, this time period. Okay, so so what is our top line? Our top line is that um, uninsurance declined during this period. Um, we estimate that um, you know the trend that we saw represents about a three point eight percentage point annualized increase in insurance coverage or decline in uninsurance. We estimate that that represents a, an increase of about eight million people getting health insurance. Um, I think this the idea that health insurance overall increased is consistent with other surveys that have, you know, been coming out over this time period. A little bit surprisingly, we found that rates of employer-sponsored health insurance remained relatively flat. So why was that a little bit surprising? Well, the job market was improving, but as we just talked about, right, it, you know, the, we, we think that maybe the um, loss of employer-sponsored co- coverage wasn't quite as great prior to this time period. But the, the main finding is during this period, rates of employer-sponsored coverage, you know, seem to be pretty flat, pretty consistent. Rates of coverage through sources other than employers increased. So this could be Medicaid, it could be marketplace coverage, it could be coverage from the individual market, not necessarily through a marketplace. Um, we think it's likely to be driven by you know, uh, Medicaid and marketplace coverage to maybe to a lesser extent. Um, but the, the main finding is it wasn't employer-sponsored coverage. It was, uh, these, all, uh, the, was these alternatives to employer-sponsored coverage. So overall, we see the number of people without health insurance going down, but not primarily due to gaining coverage through their employer. The reason why that plays out is a combination of who lost coverage in the first place and what some of the policy context was. We'll talk about those factors after we take a short break. And we're back. I'm speaking with Dr. Kate Bundorf about employer-sponsored coverage in the second year of the COVID-19 pandemic. Before the break, uh, we came to understand that overall rates of insurance were increasing during this period. But even though there was an economic recovery and, and unemployment was going down, it wasn't 
primarily because of that. So that leads to the question of what's the policy context in which this is taking place where what historically you would have imagined is people lose coverage, employer-based coverage, when the economy turns down and then they recover it when the economy turns back up. This looks a little bit different. So maybe if you could start by saying a little more about the policy interventions that might have affected who lost coverage and how they were covered if they lost that coverage. And then we'll take on some other dimensions as well. But why don't we start there? So we did some analyses, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier in, in the show, we had, um, uh, you know, this was a different policy environment than the earlier recessions, um, in part, be, or mostly because we had uh, the expansions in coverage through the Affordable Care Act. So one of the things that we looked at is what, how these trends differed between states that had expanded Medicaid to all low-income populations and states that hadn't expanded Medicaid uh, to all, all their uh, low-income folks. And remember, this was prior, this was policy that was developed prior to the COVID-19 recession. So in Medicaid expansion states, we found um, that there was a clear increase in overall rates of coverage. And that clear increase in coverage was from sources other than ESI that looks primarily like it's due to Medicaid or possibly other sources of uh, publicly subsidized health insurance. Non-expansion states um, are are a little bit different, and I should qualify the things I say about non-expansion states uh, because um, there are you know many states have expanded Medicaid now, and there are fewer non-expansion states than expansion states. This means we have fewer people in that non-expansion state sample, so many of our findings are uh, kind of less precise. They're a little bit noisier. It's hard for me to say things with confidence that you know this is you know the exact estimate. Given that qualification, um, I would say it does look like uh, coverage also increased in the non-expansion states, and it seems like it's a combination of ESI, um, employer-sponsored insurance, and other types of of public coverage. You know, but once again, those are you know if you if the your readers go back to the paper and look at it, you know they can see the confidence intervals on. Um, uh, on those estimates, and they are a, a little bit less precise, and so it's a little harder to stand on them. So part of the context is changes that were made prior to the COVID pandemic, the existence of the Medicaid expansion. But then we also put into place a number of policies directly as a result of COVID, and it seems like those also have an effect on who loses coverage and who gains coverage. Can you say a little bit more about those policies as well? So there were were a range of policies that were put in place uh, during the pandemic to kind of bolster, you know, those those mechanisms that we had already put in place through the Affordable Care Act. Probably one of the most notable ones uh, was uh, related to Medicaid. So states, um, in exchange for receiving more generous matching for their uh, Medicaid enrollees, agreed to um, uh, to allow people to stay on Medicaid essentially they couldn't um, they couldn't uh, require people to leave their Medicaid coverage so that was um, uh, that was important and you know all states 
took the federal government up on this offer. So it was important in expansion states as well as in non-expansion states. But I think it was particularly important in expansion states because they have larger um, Medicaid populations and they have a population of Medicaid enrollees who are kind of less sick on average because they've extended it to all low-income adults in the state. So the composition of the populations is a little bit different across those you know, expansion and non-expansion groups. Right. So I think that's another reason why we found this clear, you know, evidence of the increase in um, Medicaid or you know, publicly subsidized coverage more generally in states um, that had expanded Medicaid. Reading the paper, having a conversation with you, I'm trying to look forward. We've been, as you said earlier, this was sort of an experiment. We didn't really know how these either the pre-existing policy changes that had never been in place uh since a prior recession, or the ones put into COVID, how they would play out. We, we don't have the final story, but we certainly have a part of the story. So let's go forward a year or two. Let's imagine that the uh, economic recession has played itself out. We're back to whatever we might call a sort of normal economic dynamics. When you think about what you found here and you put it in the context of other work that you and others have done, What's your sense about the future of employer-sponsored insurance in a more typical economic context? I think I'm going to break that kind of into a short term and a, and a, a little bit a longer term in terms of comments on employer-sponsored health insurance. One thing I want to emphasize that I didn't really talk about was, uh, you know, a third finding that we had in the paper was that um, we looked at employment among people with Medicaid and the extent to which it's changed, um, not only during our study period, but from the very beginning of the, uh, of the pandemic. And what we found there is that people um, who were on Medicaid in expansion states over time were increasingly reported likely to report that they had any employment in the last seven days. So what does that mean? That means that people on Medicaid in expansion states were more likely to be working as time went on. And I think, you know, if you start to think about it, this is, you know, kind of consistent with, um, you know, an idea that the, the, the labor market was improving. People uh, were able to find um, different types of employment um, in didn't did not have to leave their Medicaid, you know, as their income did not have to lose their Medicaid coverage as their income went up, right? So when I think about things going forward, um, you know, we we now know that the um, public health emergency, or at least this part of the public health emergency, um, will will end, and people met states will be able to start doing their return determinations starting in April, and gradually the um, matching rate will phase out over time. This is important in thinking about employer-sponsored coverage. When we think about ret uh, Medicaid redetermination ret and people who don't have coverage anymore, we really want to kind of move them into different sources of coverage for which they're el eligible. For some people, that might be employer-sponsored coverage, so they might move into that system. For other people, it might be coverage through a marketplace. Um, this will be you know, pretty complicated, and I think we'll have to help people work on that. 
Okay, so that's kind of in the short term thinking about employer-sponsored coverage. It may be because more people are working, particularly in states that expanded, it may serve as a, um, a source of coverage for those who lose their Medicaid. I think there's also another context here in thinking about employer-sponsored health insurance in the future. When I look at employer-sponsored health insurance during the pandemic, it, it was kind of re- remarkably resilient, right? Especially you know, due to the things that we uh, talked about, um, you know, the, the, the history that we talked about in the beginning of the um, of the show here. Um, I don't think that we can necessarily assume that for future economic downturns. As we talked about, this downturn was very unusual, right? As you know, we probably all know, you know, it was very sudden. Um, and the types of people who were uh, losing their jobs were very different. It was a very unusual situation. So as we go forward um, and uh, we are faced with, you know, maybe another economic downturn, you know, at, at, any, um, at any point in time, we'll really have to, uh, we may see our, the things that we set up in the Affordable Care Act tested more severely, right? If more people lose their jobs, more people lose employer-sponsored health insurance, they're going to really rely even more on um, the Met- on Medicaid program and states programs and states that have expanded or ACA exchanges, right? So I think the, I think the you know, for the next recession, um, the jury is still out and we have to really pay close attention on how well those supports um, are helping folks um, during an economic decline. Well, as a policy journal, I guess I am inclined to ask my last question of you along these lines, given what uh, you just said. Given that the public health emergency and the uh, cessation of termination for Medicaid can't go on forever, uh, but that employer-sponsored insurance is the dominant form of coverage uh, still, are there policies that you think we should be thinking about before the next recession that might make it more likely that the next test that we face, even though we don't know exactly what the shape of that test will be, uh, will show that the system can be sustained. Yeah, I mean, I think there, um, I think there are a couple things to think about. So one is, you know, kind of a, a researcher policymaker view. One one of the things that we really lacked during this pandemic was, was just information, right? Like information on um, who had what type of coverage, what they were, you know, what who was losing their coverage, you know, who are the people that actually needed help the most, right? So uh, so one kind of I don't know, call it like techie uh, kind of thing to think about is like, can we create in in this very fragmented health insurance system that we have, can we create better ways to really track what's happening, you know, not only to uh, people with public coverage, which, you know, we had a a, a decent sense of, but also people with private coverage, you know, through an employer. So we have better real-time tracking so we can kind of deliver help where it's needed more effectively. Um, and then I, I would say, you know, we have to focus on people who are losing health insurance. Like if we know who's losing health insurance, then we would like to know how to help them. Um, it's pretty complicated. You know, there are sets of rules uh, that if you lose a particular type of coverage, you can get other types of coverage. But as you know, many of us um, are familiar with, those rules are complicated and the systems that we have for people to enroll in coverage are complicated. So I, I think responding um, better or responding, you know, more um, 
you know, more aggressively in the next recession is in part about, you know, really thinking about how to make um, it easier to sign up for health insurance, understand what your coverage options are, and, you know, making people more aware of those, those options that they have. Well, Dr. Bundorf, thank you for the analysis you did here and helping bring it uh, to life and giving us a sense of both what the unknown uh, dynamics uh, were in, in the second year of the pandemic, as well as some things we might do to handle the future better. I appreciate your work in this area. Thank you so much for being my guest on A Health Policy. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll tell a friend about a health policy.